to you. And Father, we uh, uh, thank you for the healing that is taking place in, in, uh, in, in our midst. And uh, you're a gracious God. And we thank you. And uh, Lord, help us um, uh, to praise you in all that we say and do. May we glorify you. Lord, we need you. Pour out your spirit upon, upon us. Help us to trust, to trust in the sovereign Lord. Uh, that you're in control of our lives as we look into your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, if you have your uh, Bibles, we have one verse this morning, although a great deal of comments on it, a lot of verses to look at, but I want this morning to really just look at <coughs> Romans uh, 8.28, and, uh, and it says that in God causes or works all things, uh, and we and Paul says, and we know that God works all things uh, together for our good to those that love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. And uh, what a glorious verse! Um, you know, when everything seems out of control, which is a lot of the time, <laughs> and I laugh because uh, I'm the world's probably worst fretter and worrier and, and uh, stress-related person. It seems like sometimes. Uh, I, I, I know Melanie told me uh, Wednesday that this Romans 8.28 is her favorite verse. How many others is this your favorite verse in the Bible? Is there anybody else? Sue, yeah. Okay. It's one of mine. Yeah, one of mine. Yeah, one of yours, right. And, and uh, it's, it's also one of mine. And, but anyway, so when you're going through these trials and, and uh, uh, difficulties, uh, what one verse sticks out in your mind, what verse should I say the Holy Spirit brings up in your mind that you think of when you're going through problems? It's Romans 8.28, is it not? I mean, it is for me, uh, and it may be a different one for you, but uh, God has used this verse over and over in my life uh, to bring comfort, and uh, so I thank God for that. Before we actually break down the verse, though, I want to talk about God's sovereignty, uh, who He is, as we have sung about, what a tremendous song, what the words of the song that Andrew sang are just uh, uh, so true. It's just scripture, uh, the truths of Scripture there in that, in that song that he sang. Uh, but uh, I want to talk about as that relates to suffering. Okay, sovereign. We've been talking about suffering for the last three or four weeks, and so I don't want to rehash hash, and some of the things I may say are, are rep, will be repetitious, but, uh, but I want to see how the sovereignty and suffering uh, goes together. It's so important for us to understand that. First of all, do you believe God is in control of everything that is happening in the world today? And you might say, oh yeah, well let me ask you another question. Do you believe that God is in control of everything that's happening in your life? See, there's a lot of, it's easy to say, oh yeah, the world, yeah. Uh, but my life, well, no, no, I think uh, uh, it could be better or whatever. But no, he is in control of, of, uh, of even you. And that is, he's working all things together uh, for good for his children. And we can trust that. And that's what I want to just uh, pound home this morning and, and get 
seated in our hearts and our mind. Uh, but if you believe that he's in control, you believe in the sovereignty of God. I mean, that's as simple as you... To believe in the sovereignty of God, you believe that he is controlling everything in your life for your good. You know, I mean, that's how... I, to break it down, make it practical, uh, we can give these great big definitions and, and, uh, and so forth. And, uh, but there... Uh, what a, you know, we can, we can look at lots of scriptures... And uh, well, I'm just going to look at three. The first one is Isaiah uh, from Isaiah 46, 9 through 11. God speaking, he says, Remember the former things long past, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is no one like me, declaring the end from the beginning. I mean, could you do that? I don't think I could. And from ancient times, things which have not been done, saying, my purpose will be established, and I will accomplish all, how much? All my good pleasure. Calling a bird of prey. Now, he's talking about uh, here, I believe, uh, Cyrus, who came against Babylon. Of course, the Israelites, of course, were sent back home and what have you. This, This bird of prey, they said Cyrus had a nose like a beak of an eagle. And I don't, but that's what the commentaries say. I, I know I never met the man. But uh, calling a bird of prey from the east, the man of my purpose. In other words, God used him from a far country. Truly, I have spoken. Truly, I will bring it to pass. I have what? Planned it. Surely, I will do it. Amen. And that's the God of the scriptures. Daniel 4.35 is another verse, which is a favorite of mine. And uh, it says, But he does according to his will in the host of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and no one can ward off his hand or say to him, What have you done? Powerful, powerful verse. And by the way, all these verses ought to bring us comfort. It brings us comfort. Psalm 115, verse 3. But our God is in the heavens, and he does whatever he pleases. I hope you don't doubt that. He does whatever he pleases. And, of course, we know from Romans 8, 28, it's for our good. Whatever he is doing is going to be ultimately for our good. That is, those who love him, those who are the called according to his purpose. Uh, that is not true for those who do not know him. Those who are not his children uh, uh, better repent and, and, and turn, to, turn to Christ. But anyway, A.W. Pink said concerning the divine sovereignty of God, it says it means that God is God in fact as well as in name. That he is on the throne of the universe directing all things after the counsel of his own will, Ephesians 1.11. And I think that's, uh, that's well put. As, as well. And uh, these men <clears throat> knew the Lord, loved the Lord. Hodge said this in his commentary. He said, This sovereignty of God is the ground of peace and confidence to all his people. Notice, peace and confidence to all his people. They rejoice that the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. We sang about that. That uh, neither necessity nor chance nor the folly of man, nor the malice of Satan controls the sequence of events 
and all their issues. Now, aren't you glad of that? Amen. <laughs> I can take comfort in that, knowing that my God uh, is, in, is in control uh, of it all. And uh, listen to, uh, this is what Spurgeon said concerning it. And, and, and I'm reading this just to show you that, that great men uh, and what they have to say concerning this topic. He says, there is no attribute of God, his sovereignty, more comforting to his children than that of his sovereignty. Under the most adverse circumstances, in the most severe trials, they believe that sovereignty has ordained their afflictions, that sovereignty overrules them, and that sovereignty will sanctify them all. There is nothing for which the children ought more earnestly to contend than the doctrine of their master over all creation, the kingship of God over all the works of his hands, the throne of God and his right to sit upon that throne. On the other hand, there is no doctrine more hated by worldlings, no truth of which they have made such a football as the great stupendous but yet most certain doctrine of the sovereignty of the infinite Jehovah. Men will allow God to be everywhere except on his throne. Boy, Spurgeon had a way with words, and uh, uh, and and I would I would agree with him uh, in 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 every way. He's and he goes on to say, skipping quite a bit here, and he says, and we proclaimed an enthroned God and His right to do as He wills with His own, to dispose of His creatures as He thinks well, without consulting them in the matter. Then it is that we are hissed and cursed, and then it is that men turn a deaf ear to us. For God on, the, on his throne is not the God they love, but it is the God upon the throne that we love to preach. It is God upon his throne whom we trust. How can you trust someone who isn't on the throne? You can't. It's impossible. You cannot trust someone who's not in, in charge. I mean, imagine a king... You know, and, and, and he has all these, sir, and, and you can't trust him. I mean, it, it's just impossible. No, we have to have full confidence in a God who is on the throne of the universe, directing all the affairs of men. And by the way, it's not for hard for him. He doesn't get tired of doing it. Uh, he doesn't have to take a nap. Uh, as, 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 well, I love Dad. He's not up in heaven drinking Maylocks. Hoping everything turns out all right. No. Okay, that is not the God of the Scriptures. Hallelujah. He is all powerful. He is a sovereign God. And we need to be proclaiming that, not a weak God. Amen. So, bear that in mind as we, as we look into uh, His wonderful Word this morning. And uh, the sovereignty of God, of course, is not given to frighten us but something that we can rest in. It is a stabilizing factor in your life as a Christian. What is, uh, in Romans 8, what does verse 31 says? If He is for us, who can be against us? Is He for us? You better believe He is. You better not touch the apple of His eye. There's a stern warning against that. So, no, we can we can trust we can trust in him uh, because he is a, a 
a God who is uh, sovereign, who, who loves us. But you know what? As we <clears throat> talk about that, and it's a great comfort, Christians still struggle with, why do I have to suffer? And we've been talking about that. And so uh, uh, we ask these questions. If, if God is, is all-powerful, if God is a God of love, etc., etc., He's almighty, uh, then why do brain tumors strike my small child of, of uh, three years old and he dies unexpectedly? Why are faithful Christians killed in horrible car accidents? In plane accidents, like Keith Green, who was a great musician, living for God. You know, why, did, why was he taken away at such a young age when he had his whole life to minister ahead of him? You know, all these questions come up in our minds. Why do godly men and women lose their jobs? Because God is still working all these things together for their good. And that's what we want to look at this morning. And uh, we can respond incorrectly to what happens to us in our life. We can respond uh, uh, wrongly to what happens. Uh, We can become angry even at God. Have you ever been angry at God? I have, even as a Christian. Why did you do that when you did it? It wasn't right for you to take her or him. Why did you do this or that or whatever it happens to be? And you question him. But that's wrong. It doesn't excuse us. And and we hold this anger, you know, and then this anger turns into bitterness. And uh, and it overflows and it hurts other people around us when we become bitter. And you can hold this bitterness and not even know you're holding it. I've done that. And people say, you're bitter. No, I'm not. What do you mean I'm bitter? Oh, you know. I mean, pretty obvious. Just the way we respond when somebody says something like that to us. But Christians can uh, murmur and complain. The Israelites, remember the, the spies went into the land. I even preached on this. They went into the land and two spies came back and said, we can take it. <clears throat> we can take this land. Ten spies said, oh no, it's impossible. And so they began, all the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, would that we had died in the land of Egypt. Or would that we had died in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? <clears throat> our wives, our little ones will become plundered. Would it be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, Let us appoint a leader and return to Egypt. The Lord said to Moses, How long will this people spurn me? And how long will they not say, Here it is. Believe in me. Trust in me. See, we do the same thing. Thank you, brother. Uh, Despite all the signs which I have performed in their midst. You know, with what God has done in my life in the past, I should never, ever doubt Him. Same with you. We should, we should just never ever doubt him. Amen. But sadly to say, <clears throat> we do. We question his character. 
we question his character, which is sad. <clears throat> I don't know if you remember this man called Rabbi Harold Krishna. And he said uh, he was one when bad things happened to good people. And uh, his conclusion <clears throat> with, his, with that thought was in his book that God is a limited God. Here's a quote from him. God would like people to get what they deserve in life, but he cannot always arrange it. Now that's blasphemy. That is blasphemy. That's no God at all. Another man, Rubenstein, who was a Jewish theologian, his last name was Rubenstein, writing on the Holocaust, he said this, uh, he rejected the Jewish God because of the Holocaust, Holocaust when six million Jews were put to death. He said, there can't be a God. He would not have allowed that to happen. You see, he didn't see, <clears throat> he did not understand what we're about to talk about, which is Romans 8.28. He did not understand. Plus, he did not have a comprehension of, of sin and what sin is uh, uh, deserves. But we need to have the right responses to sufferings that come upon us. We need to have the right responses to the things that come upon us. We need to see God's hand in the affliction. Job, <clears throat> chapter 1, 21 and 22, and he said, Naked, now, this is Job, and we know what happened to him. The Sabaeans uh, killed his livestock. A big storm came and killed all of his children. Uh, and, and you read the first chapter of Job. I mean, you go, I, I wouldn't, that would have been the end of me. I mean, I'd have just said, this life is over, all right? But after all that, you can read about it. He lost everything except his wife. But he said, naked, I came from my mother's womb. Naked, I shall return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Through all this, Job did not sin, nor did he blame God. That should be us as well. That should be what we do. He did not let the evil deeds of Satan <clears throat> uh, destroy his uh, understanding of God. And he understood that God was involved in what was happening to him. He saw God behind the problems. He saw the hand of God. You know, I, when I think of Christ and what Christ went through, and I think we read this once before, but he says, Men of Israel, listen to these words. I think this is Peter, isn't it, speaking? Uh, uh, anyway, a man, uh, Jesus the Nazarene, a man attested to you by God with miraculous wonders and signs which God performed through him in your midst, just as you know. This man delivered, now see, Christ delivered over by what? The predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God. You nailed to the cross. By the hands of godless men, you put him to death. 
God was in the midst of what was happening to Jesus. Because it was a predetermined plan in the foreknowledge of God. This was no accident that came along. And of course, we, uh, we know the rest of that story. But what did, uh, what did uh, Jesus say to Peter? Put the sword in the sheath. The cup which the Father has given me, shall I not drink it? We need to see the hand of God whenever something comes against us, there is a purpose behind what is happening to us. Even though we, know, we, we cannot always say why, we know uh, for, for a fact though, there is a purpose behind it. Now, what must, uh, what must we do? What must we do? We must have right thinking. We must have right thinking. We must understand and believe what the scriptures say concerning what we're going through. And believe it. See, the problem is just not believing it. It's, you know, I, all these thoughts Satan will run through your mind. You know, well, maybe God was asleep. Maybe there is no God. Maybe God doesn't love you. And so all this stuff just runs through your mind. And you know it does because... Uh, you're human like me and it runs through my mind. Unless maybe I'm weird or something. But I, I don't think so. Am I not? Yeah, this happens. And this is what Satan, how Satan comes against us. But uh, we need to have our eyes fixed on Christ and the truths of his word. And realize for the first thing, and we have, this is really a review, that... Just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sin. Sin didn't, God did not create sin. Sin entered through the wor- world, entered into the world, of course, through Satan and in man's rebellion uh, by uh, listening to Satan and, and sinning. Uh, he rebelled against God. And you can read about that, of course, in Genesis 2. And three, but uh, uh, this is part of life because of sin. We brought this upon ourselves. We brought this uh, upon ourselves. Uh, what did Job say? The same man, for man is born for trouble as sparks fly upward. Do I have an amen? amen. <laughs> we all know that that's true. Amen. I mean, it's just part of life, and we have to we have to accept it. Uh, and realize that, that God is in the midst of it all. Uh, but what I want to look at now, and I'm going to skip some of the things because of the time, but what I want to look at now is this, this verse in Romans uh, uh, 8 and verse uh, 28. And, uh, you know, it's so easy, and I've been guilty of this, when somebody comes to you who is really hurting, and you know who I'm talking about, probably God's bringing to your mind right now somebody that you know is really hurting, going through something that they're struggling with, uh, and uh, you'll just say, "Oh, Romans eight twenty eight, all things work together good." You just you know just kind of give it out to them, you know, just blast them with it, in just kind of a flippant you know way. Uh, but we shouldn't be flippant with this verse. 
We should not just spout it off uh, in, in, uh, in that way. But uh, we need to see uh, the truth of this and be convinced ourselves because a lot of times we'll tell people to do th- something and we don't even believe it ourselves. But we'll know that's what the Scripture says and so we're going to tell them that. And, uh, but uh, no, we need, to, we need to see and believe that it is God who is causing all things to work together for our good. God is causing this. God is working this. God is in charge of what is going on. That's the first thing that we need to do. And that rest and peace and comfort uh, comes from believing this. Believing that God is behind it all. Because if God's not behind it all, who is behind it all? Satan is. And then, and I've had people tell me that. Oh no, God has done have anything to do with this that happened to you. It's all Satan. And you go like, well, why does he stop here then? If, if, you know, if God's not behind it, why didn't he just kill me? You know, why didn't he just kill Job? Well, because God said you cannot take his life. Amen. You see, there are boundaries uh, to what uh, Satan can do to us. But it is God who is causing. He is behind it. And, and Paul says, and he stresses, and we know, and we know, he says, <clears throat> by experience, and we know because God's word teaches this truth. Amen. If you go all the way back in scripture, you'll find out God is in control of what is going on. He says we can know. Uh, knowing is what helps and it gives us strength. God is in control of my life. He is in control. And of course, we may not know why many times. And does he owe you an explanation? We'd like to think every time, you know, when God would say, now I'm doing this to, and you know, here's your answer. But he doesn't do that all the time. Matter of fact, there's still things in my past that I'll scratch my head and I still don't have an answer for that. Why did that happen? And I'll scratch. I don't know. But I do know and believe that he... It's working it all together for my good. Uh, it's like this little boy, and this is a true story that I read. Uh, 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 he's a five-year-old child who uh, heard that his dad was putting to death his dog. And uh, this little boy cried and cried and wept and wept. And, uh, of course, the father explained to him that uh, uh, the dog was sick and, and had to be in the course of the dog looked fine. He didn't understand. But then when the boy grew up to be a teenager, he realized what rabies was and that his dog had rabies and the dog had to be put to death. But at the time, he didn't understand that. And so that's the way it is in our lives. We just may not know, but we know that uh, just like our dad would never do anything to hurt us, would not kill our dog unless it needed to be put to death, our Father is not going to do something to us unless it's going to turn out for our good. And it's hard, though, to work all of this out. I don't know if you struggle with that, but I do. I struggle with that. But I have to believe that this is for my good. It's really interesting. Uh, I found a point which goes like this. My life is but a weaving between my Lord and me. I cannot choose the colors he worketh steadily. Oftentimes he weaveth sorrow 
And I, in foolish pride, forgets he sees the upper and I the underside. Not till the loom is silent and the shuttle ceases to fly shall God unroll the canvas and explain the reason why. The dark threads are needful in the skillful weaver's hand as the threads of gold and silver in the pattern he has planned. That's beautiful, isn't it? Amen. You see, he's, he's, God is looking down from above and he sees this beautiful tapestry. We're looking up and all we see are snarls and the underside. Until one day we will, we will see that, uh, that tapestry that's being woven. Amen. And uh, one day, one day, we can say, and we should do it now, He restores my soul. He guides me. See, He guides me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. We need to believe that because it is true. All things is in this verse as well. We know that all things, God causes all things. That's good things. That's bad things. (laughs) Uh, All things. Uh, even evil itself, he is working together. And, and I like to illustrate this, and I've done this before, with the baking of a cake. Now, there are all kind of ingredients in a cake. One of them's baking soda. Now, who would eat that by itself? I'm not sure I've ever tasted I don't think it tastes too good anyway, but flour by itself. Now, you wouldn't want to do that. But if you take all of these in, ingredients and you mix them all together... Whoa, suddenly you've got a cake. And that's what God is doing. He is working all of these ingredients together to make a cake. Me. But you know what? The cake has to be put in an oven. We're in the oven. Hot, no, not hot dog, but uh, hot dog that God is in control. You see, He is baking us. And He's putting us through this so we'll become a cake. Uh, maybe that's uh, too simple or, or what have you, but uh, uh, we have the heat of suffering that we have to go through. Amen. We all know the story of, of, of Joseph in Egypt. And uh, in Genesis forty two thirty six, this is uh, after they'd, the son, uh, uh, sons had been to Egypt and had come back. And of course, he, uh, J- Joseph had kept... Simeon and what have you. And their father Jacob said to them, You have bereaved me of my children. Joseph is no more. Simeon is no more. And you would take Benjamin? In other words, Joseph wanted to see Benjamin. Of course, you know the story. To go back to Egypt with him. What did, what did Jacob think? Have you ever said that? Yeah. I've said that. Everything's against me. God doesn't love me. Everything's against me. Yeah, there's nothing new under the sun, uh, for sure. Well, the story goes on. It says, Then Joseph said to his brothers, uh, uh, Please come closer to me. And they came closer. And of course, this is after they went back. And he said, I am your, this is when he reveals to them who he is. I am your brother whom you sold into Egypt. In other words, they sinned against him. 
You see here, this was evil what they did. Joseph is saying, you sold me into Egypt. You sinned against me. Now, do not be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. Think of that. For the famine has been in the land these two years and there are still five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant in the earth and to keep you alive by great deliverance. Now, therefore, it was not you who sent me here, but God. Who is behind what happened to Joseph? Who is behind what happens in your life if you're a real believer? God. There's no difference. God is behind it. And he has made me a father to Pharaoh and lord of all his household and ruler over all uh, the land of Egypt. Moving on. When Joseph, now this was later on, when Joseph's brother saw that their father Jacob had died, they said, what if Joseph bears a grudge against us? He could, by the way, what they did to him, and pays us back in full for the wrong which he did to him. But Joseph said to them, do not be afraid. For I am in what? Boy, I tell you, this man had understanding. As for you, you meant what? But God meant it for what? All things are working together for what? In order to bring about this present result, to preserve many people alive. So therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. So he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. That's what that verse ought to do to us. Bring us comfort, knowing that all things are working together for good, as it did uh, for Joseph and, and his family. I hope you see that. And you know what? This, by the way, uh, we all things are working together for good. Uh, should We should see this is one day at a time. One day at a time. Uh, there is a song in it something about sweet Jesus one day at a time or something I can't remember how it goes but uh, uh, but uh, one day at a time Psalm 23 verse 6 surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me how many the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever Isn't that great? Jesus said, give us what? This day our daily bread. We don't have to worry. Ephesians 6.13 Therefore take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the... There are some days that's worse than others. And having done everything to stand firm. To whom do all things work together for good for? Who do they work together for? Real Christians. All things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. We're going to see that next week. But right now, we know it works together for real Christians. Let me ask you this. Are you a real Christian? Are you a real Christian? Uh, Because if you're not, this verse is not true of you. All things are not working together for good 
to those who are not real believers. They are not working together for good if you're not a believer. But God works in us both to will and to do of His good pleasure. So He continues that. By the way, if you could lose your salvation, this verse would not be true. Romans 8.28 would not be true if you could lose it. Why? Because you could not say then that all things are working together for good to those that love God. It would make that verse a lie, would it not? In other words, is losing your salvation is about as bad a thing as could happen. Well then, how could that be for your good? All things would not be working together for good because you lost your salvation. So this verse teaches that you're secure in Christ. That's what Paul is trying to tell the the Christians. You're secure. Because you're loved by Him. You're called by Him. And He's causing all things to work together for your good. Wow, this is is good stuff. Good stuff. And Jesus says, Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you what? Rest. Rest. A lot of people need rest. They're weary and heavy laden, and they need to come to Christ because Christ will meet their need. Somebody said, pain is inevitable, but misery is optional. You know, a lot of times we choose to gather to our hearts the thorns of disappointment instead of the rose of beauty. Think about it. You know, here you have a rose, a beautiful rose, but I tell you what, if you squeeze that stem, it's going to be painful. You know, So often, though, we don't fix our eyes on the rose. We don't fix our eyes on God who is behind the thorns in our lives. Because He is. And He tells us that He is working everything together in our life for our good. Do we believe it? Then let's rejoice together. Let's pray. Father, we just, again... Uh, are amazed at your word, that it's truth. And Lord, help us to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, as we look to you, Father, knowing that you love us beyond our comprehension. Uh, Lord, what a gracious God you are, who is working everything uh, for our good, to, for our good, even the evil. Uh, that comes against us like it was in Joseph's life was for his good. Help us to see that, Father, and to believe that and to rest in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen.